Welcome to the Health is Wealth podcast. I'm Nicole Nelson, founder of Living Well with Nick, health coach and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you the tools, strategies, and motivational stories that will move you to take inspired action. It's time to break through fear and elevate your life. So get ready to feel inspired. After all, your health is your greatest wealth. You're listening to the Health is Wealth podcast, episode number 24. Today's episode is a conversation with Madison Serdyke. Madison is a mindset and energy coach and the host of the Magnetically You podcast. She teaches women how to manifest a life they're completely in love with using the power of their thoughts, energy, and intuition. She's on a mission to help you tap into the version of you who becomes magnetic to more success, abundance, and freedom than you ever thought possible. In this episode, Madison and I talked about how to break free from what you should be doing, awakening your higher purpose, and taking inspired action. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Let's just start by talking about your background and how you became a globally renowned mindset and health coach, because I don't think a lot of people know what that actually means. So I, in high school, I had um, anorexia and just really struggled with food and just felt this like constant need to feel like I was in control of food because it gave me this like illusion of just control in general and my life. And it got so bad to the point where with my parents, they were like, all right, look, like we're either going to put you into treatment or you're going to have to figure this out and get yourself better because it was like, you know, hurting them so much. And they knew I was like, just so physically unwell. And what I was doing to myself was like, not mentally or physically okay Mm -hmm. in any way. And so I was like, well, F that I don't want to go to treatment. So I'm going to figure this out. And like, I was always like a really like determined child. Like whenever I set my mind to something, like there was nothing that could get in my way. Mm -hmm. Um, I can relate. (laughs) This was like one of those things where I was like, all right, like, let's freaking do this. Like, here we go. I'm going to figure this out. And so I kind of, what I like to say now is like, I basically like willed, willpowered my way into physical recovery. And at a certain point, like willpower runs out, which I didn't realize at the time. I just thought like, oh, I'm physically like looking healthier. Like I'm physically okay now. Like everything's fine. Yet I didn't realize that it was completely not fine that I was like still thinking and worrying about food all the time and that it didn't have to be that way. So I went to college and I was, you know, at that time kind of like physically recovered, but didn't really understand that mentally, I was not at all recovered. Mm -hmm. And so I um, really just partied all the time in college. I would party and then study, party, study, party, study. And like (laughs) my time was so filled with those two things that there wasn't space for my issues to be there. It was kind of like I, yeah, masked them with like um, being like a super party animal, but also like very, very studious at the same time, which is an interesting combination. So I kind of just like buried it in college. And then after college, I was, you know, had a job in the real world. And obviously you don't drink every night in the real world if you want to like keep your job and stuff like that. So I wasn't drinking as much and all of the 
issues that I had buried away started bubbling up to the surface. And I started having, you know, I was just constantly thinking about food. Should I eat this? Should I eat that? Like, what if I eat that? And, blah, blah, blah. and it's just like this constant, like, crazy thought loop of anxiety and like fear about like food and my body and what I was eating and should I do this or that and like just no trust with myself and just like yeah absolute like constant anxiety and at the time I also had gotten into a job that really wasn't fulfilling at all for me I was an actuary and for those of you who don't know what that is like good (laughs) you don't need to know um but basically it's like um very, very, very intense math. We'll yes. just leave it at that. Wow. <laughs> so your major was heavy in math. Yeah, I was the counting major and minored in actuarial science because oh I was like, goodness. oh, I'm good at math. I'm supposed to get a job in finance, like just mm-hmm. doing what I was supposed to do, being the good girl, getting the good job. And so I did that and I landed a good, a quote, good corporate job, a good paying corporate job in a good city. And I was doing all the good things, right? And so I was in this job and I realized like, I actually don't like playing with millions of rows of Excel data for 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I was also studying for actuarial exams because you, you know, take these exams to get more certified and qualified, yada, yada. And so I would wake up at like 4am, take Adderall, study for my exams for like three hours, go to work for 12 hours, come home, wash it all the way with a glass of wine, maybe watch some Netflix lay awake all night, not sleeping because I was so anxious and then do it again the next day. And it was just like this terrible cycle. And I was thinking about food all the time. I had chronic back pain and I had started developing eczema on my scalp, which was like just weird. My head was like itching all the time. And I literally Mm. felt like a crazy person because I was so physically and mentally, honestly, just unwell in all areas of my life. And the food issues started just getting like bigger and more amplified. And I was so anxious about food all the time. And kind of around that time, it turned, you know, less from anorexia where I just wasn't eating more into orthorexia where I was just obsessing over the, you know, how clean is this food? Is this food good or is this food bad? And just really, really, really wrapped up um, in that mindset to the point where like, if I got to the point where I felt like nothing in the world was safe for me to eat because I had so many like rules about what I quote should be Mm -hmm. (laughs) eating according to like the internet and like (laughs) random people on Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of listening to and trusting myself. So that was all going on at the time. It was like, basically like this, yeah, really started becoming this like rock bottom, my relationship with my boyfriend, now fiance at the time, but it was really rocky at that time. And like, I didn't know if he was going to be able to stick around and handle me because it was just like so much of a a burden on him to deal Mm -hmm. with my like, honestly, like, yeah, just so just issues and complete like unfulfillment, unhappiness and anxiety surrounding my whole life. Like that's really hard to um, bring into a partnership. So it's a really tough time and nothing was going the way I wanted. And I was like, what am I doing? Who am I? Like, what, (laughs) what is happening? Like, what is the real world? And I um, came across a book at the time called intuitive eating and it presented this idea that like oh you can just listen to your body and trust your body and eat what feels good for you there's no such thing as good or bad foods and you can trust yourself you can eat what you want and you can be healthy and I was like what like come again like okay so I like immediately was like it clicked I'm like this feels so intuitively right and so again like in my you know 
determined fashion. I was like, I am going on a mission to figure this thing out. I'm going to become an intuitive eater. I'm going to feel so free and at peace with food. Like I am going to tear down all of my anxiety and all of my drama around Mm -hmm. food. And so I started on that um, journey and really just began like looking at my thoughts and questioning like, you know, like pizza is bad. Well, according to who, like, is that true? Is that thought empowering me? Or is there a thought that might be more empowering and just sort of questioning everything I had been told I should do um, with regards to food and my body and my health and really started focus. I made my number one priority, like my energy and feeling good. So I was constantly asking myself, like, what do I need right now? Like, what's going to feel good for me? And just letting go of all those ideas of what I should do and really just checking in with like, okay, but like, what's going to feel good for me? And then really tapping into my intuition, which kind of really plays into that and really like giving myself permission to develop like a trusting relationship with myself and having my back when I made my decisions and like letting my me be the decider of my decisions in my life about what was going to be good for me and what was um, best for me. And through that kind of journey of really, you know, focusing on my thoughts and my energy and my intuition, everything in my life started changing for the better. And at the time I kind of like, it also became like a gateway for me into spirituality and manifestation and personal growth. So I was like going like so deep into all of that and just like loving that, loving this idea of like growing and that I could change my life and that I didn't have to, it didn't have to be so much of a struggle. And so I really focused first on food and healing with food and stepping into the version of myself that I wanted to be around food, which was someone who was free and confident and like could eat what they wanted without like thinking too hard about it. And um, I probably wouldn't have had the words for it at the time, but now essentially I know what I did was to rewire my brain Mm -hmm. for food freedom and got to the place where I had no worries at all about food and I could just eat what I eat in a balanced way without all of the anxiety and the guilt and the constant overthinking. And I was was like, oh my gosh, I need every woman in the world to experience this. So I became a health coach. I started coaching women on that and helping them completely rewire their brains for food freedom too. I created an online program called the subtle art of food freedom and took so many women through that and like absolutely changed their relationships with food. And what I realized became true for my clients and for myself is that when we really focused on reprogramming our thoughts and our energy and tapping into our intuition around food, everything else in our life started like changing for the better because I started applying the same principles I used with food to all areas of my um, life and all areas of my life started changing. So I, um, my business grew, my relationship with my boyfriend like progressed immensely I started getting featured in like magazines like all of these like positive things in my life started to unfold and it just like it's almost like the flip the switch flipped from mm-hmm. like nothing in my life is working and going the way I wanted to to being like wow everything <laughs> like gets to work out for me and it's really ultimately came down to rewiring the thoughts mm-hmm. and beliefs about who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do and giving myself permission to really focus on feeling good and trusting myself and trusting my intuition to guide me. And as I've done that, and as I've coached my clients to do that, it's like everything honestly just works out better than you could have imagined. And so I 
kind of pivoted my business earlier this year around February from just doing food freedom coaching to now coaching in all areas of our lives because I realized that by like reprogramming our mindset and our energy, like we get to have it all. We get to create change and transformation in all areas of our lives and we get to be confident and happy and fulfilled in all areas of our life. And there's like nothing we can't do with the power of everything we have within us. I absolutely love that. I can relate to many parts of it, especially the uh, corporate career path of, you know, thinking you should be doing something. And so that's what you end up doing and you're just unfulfilled. And I think a lot of us can relate to the idea of we should be doing something, Mm -hmm. whether it's going to college, getting a stable job, whether it's I don't know, getting married by the age of 25 and having your first child before you're 30, something around those lines. We all have this notion that we should be doing something. So where does that notion come from, do you think? I think it comes from a lot of like programming, like growing up, like our parents, the society we live in, it's like very much like um, and this is like funny that this term is coming up for me because I haven't used this word in like 10 years, but in psychology in high school, I learned that it's like, um, some people have what is called like an external locus of control. I think it's what it's called. And so we like think like all these outside forces are basically like dictating and control of our lives. And I think that's kind of like the ultimate, like driving mentality of our society is that like, oh, someone outside of me has the answer. Someone mm-hmm. else is supposed to tell me what to do. Someone else is more of an expert on this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Someone else needs to tell me what I'm doing. I can't be trusted. I can't figure things out on my own. And you know, you see that in like the school system. It's like we literally can't even trust ourselves to know when we need to go to the bathroom. We have to raise our hand and get someone else to tell us if that's okay to just listen right. to that pure basic instinct of our body. So I think it's mm-hmm. deeply ingrained and programmed into us um, growing up. And obviously, like what we consume and see around us, we see other people doing things and they look happy and they look like they have it all figured out. So maybe we should do that too. And, you know, it's never works that way, where it's like what worked for someone else doesn't always work for us. And like, we don't even know what they're feeling on the inside. Mm -hmm. They may actually not be as happy as they look from the outside. Honestly, it's easy to say they come from, oh, society, this, say that, but really we're the ones telling ourselves what we should and shouldn't do. And it's like, if you're telling yourself you should do something and it's not empowering you to live the life you want to live, then what if you stop telling yourself that? And it sounds so um, simple because it is. It's like, should, according to who, who's mm-hmm. created that script and that story? And what if you could change it? Mm-hmm. Well, and even think of like when you walk into a bookstore and you walk down like the self-help, the diet section, the cookbook section, um, you know, even though I love books like that, there's so many different messages that are constantly being sent to us or think of magazine covers. Mm -hmm. Like we have been fed all of this information, whether it's good or bad, you know, some of it is good, but like you said, we've kind of lost listening to our own intuition because we all know what we, we should be doing. We all know how we should be serving our bodies, but for some reason, whether it's society, our parents, whatever, this notion of you have to listen to someone else 
And that's where you get your, your kind of roadmap for where you're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that we should be breaking free from this cycle? Yeah, I think it really starts with just questioning it. Like when you are thinking, when you're feeling like, oh, I should, I should go be an actuary like I did. Like, cause I'm, <laughs> it's like, well, should according to who? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who says I should do this? And what would happen if I didn't? Mm -hmm. And just giving yourself permission to play around with the, well, you know, what if I didn't? What would, is this empowering me or disempowering me? And what might be a more empowering way to look at this? And oftentimes it's like, when you tell yourself you should do something, it's actually great because the word should gives you so much clarity on like where you have resistance in your life. Because if you're telling yourself you should do something, that is like a big red flag sign, it's like siren going mm -hmm. off. Like, hey, this is something you need to look at and you need to heal. Like what part of you feels like you have to do this in order to be what, worthy and good enough? What if you didn't have to? If you if there were no rules, if there were no shoulds, if no one was going to judge you, if you were going to be successful, no matter what, what would you do then? What would you, what would feel best for you? And I really like to, um, just ask myself, like, you know, what would my intuition say about this? What would my higher self say about this? And just mm -hmm. begin giving yourself permission to break the freaking rules. There, mm -hmm. all of these rules we've created for ourselves are literally just self-created like <laughs> rules that we think give us like control of our lives. It gives us this like illusion of control, but it's actually like the complete opposite. It's like caging us in and trapping us down and putting us in this box of who we think we're supposed to be. And it like inhibits us from really stepping into who we're ultimately meant to be. Exactly. And I think so many people miss their true calling in life and their their purpose oh, at their core because they are constantly thinking well this is the safer option mm -hmm. you know i should be uh, at least these were my thoughts when i was working in corporate america like wow i have a 401k and i have health benefits and i have these vacation days and this is so great there's so much security and it sounds like you discovered your true purpose and your calling to be this mindset and energy coach through your own healing process, right? Your own journey. And when you're talking with your, your clients or you're teaching about this topic, do you have different like steps or simple tips that you can talk about how someone can find that true purpose or at least start to like uncover the layers of what they should actually be doing with their life because you know the i think the buzzword is find your purpose find your calling but we some people don't even know how to start or where to begin that actual journey because it's not this one question you ask yourself and overnight you come up with this answer but what can people start to do um, to figure out what their, what their true purpose actually is? I love this question. And on one hand, I would say it's like, give yourself permission to not have it figured out right now. Like, I think it's our purpose is such a constantly evolving and growing and blossoming thing. And it's not like, oh, this is my purpose. And now I'm going right. to live my purpose the rest of my life. It's this like fairy tale idea that's like, 
sold to us and we should have a purpose and we should live our purpose and we should do this for the rest of our life. Again, it goes back to like doing what we're supposed to and what we should do. So um, what I like to ask my clients in terms of just like thinking about their purpose is like, let's keep it really simple. Let's not have it all figured out right now. And like, let's just think about these questions. So what I like to ask my clients or have them journal on is just think about like, what makes me feel alive? Mm-hmm. When are those times in your life that you have felt like so alive, so lit up, so good, so fulfilled? And like, are there common themes? What comes mm-hmm. up? Where, what can you do today to bring that alive feeling into your body and into your being? And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is just taking like one aligned step at a time. And that that your next aligned step is the step that makes you feel most alive. The step that you'll know the next step by the fun of it, by how easy it feels, how it feels like the most natural thing in the world to do and how it feels just like you can't help but take that step. It just feels, it feels so good. It feels so right. It feels like, even though it may make no sense at all, it internally it just feels like it makes Mm -hmm. so much sense it's like you just keep following one aligned step at a time like what if all you had to do was take one aligned step at a time and everything is going to work out you're going to end up exactly where you're meant to be and like also too it's like we are all exactly where we're meant to be right now in this moment if you were meant to be somewhere else you would be exactly so be where you're at love it. Let it be okay. Like where you're at now, that is your purpose. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be in this experience, learning the lessons, having the experiences you're having in order to unfold the next layer of discovering who you are and what your purpose is. So I really like to think of it less of like, what is my entire life purpose to, okay, like let's scratch that and make it simpler. Okay. What's my next aligned step? If I knew what I needed to do in my heart, in my soul, in my intuition, what would feel good? What would light me up and give yourself permission to just keep taking that one next step that feels good and Mm -hmm. everything will work out better than we could have imagined or controlled or predicted or planned. Yes. I absolutely love that. I, I remember Um, when I was going through what I like to call my midlife crisis at the age of 25, when Mm -hmm. I was still working my corporate job, um, I remember asking myself a very similar question because I had kind of lost what my true purpose or calling was. And I was a packaging engineer at the time. So, you know, again, something that was very black and white and concrete. And I was reading a book by Lewis Howes. And in the, uh, in the book, he had a bunch of different exercises that you went through. And one of the exercises was uh, writing out your ideal day and what that looked like from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed. And I remember going through this exercise, writing everything out. And I'm like, wow, I cannot wait until this dream ideal day actually unfolds because it seems so unrealistic at the time. Now this was three years ago and I can tell you for the past two years, I have pretty much been living out what I wrote about three years ago. And like you said, it, it's not something that happens overnight, but if you can just start to take one simple action, because if you're constantly taking a small step towards your goals, towards something, you're constantly moving forward. 
But if we, if we stop taking any type of action, if we stop asking those questions, um, you know, keeping those dreams alive, that's when we become stagnant and we start to push down that, that true purpose or that calling instead of exploring it further. So, you know, I, I've heard you talk about this notion of taking inspired action. So mm -hmm. how does that differ from just taking regular old action? What do you mean by inspired action and how can we start to take inspired action in our own lives? I think what most people think of as, um, when most people think of action, they're like, oh, I'm going to take this action so that I can create this result. It's like, we want to add it up in our minds of like, if I do X, then Y should happen. And if mm -hmm. Y doesn't happen, then nothing's working and I'm doing it all wrong. And I have to burn everything down and figure it all out. And I can't do anything. And it blah, 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 blah. All the crazy stories we tell ourselves. So that's, you know, how a lot of people are acting from that place of like, yeah, desperation and expectation of what the outcome is supposed to be. And it's like, this is what I think I have to do. This is what I think I'm supposed to do in order to get me to this. I have to take X action to get to Y outcome, right? It's like very much a, I'm supposed to do this. This is what I think I'm supposed to do. This is what I think I should do. This is um, really coming from a place of like fear and scarcity and doubt. And what I like to say is different about inspired action, intuitive action, surrendered action, whatever you want to call it that makes you feel good is really acting from this place, like purely for the joy and fun of it, like really acting out of your highest self expression, acting from a place of what feels good, acting from a place of the, the actions that feel like the most natural thing in the world to do, even if they make no sense, even if it doesn't make sense, how it's going to add up to get you to your goals. It's like those actions that you almost feel like a magnetic pull to, like something sparks in you, it lights you up, it makes you feel alive, it feels fun, it feels natural, it doesn't feel forced, that is inspired action. And when you act from a place of inspired action, it really just like creates an opening for the universe to deliver to you everything that you desire in a way better than you could have controlled or predicted with your very logical action of like, if I do X, then Y is supposed to happen. And it's like, no, it's like, but what if, what if something like so much better could have happened, but you're mm -hmm. so fixated on like X equals Y. It's like, I don't think life is a math equation. We're not supposed to add it all up in our minds and figure it all out. Like we're just supposed to show up and focus on expressing ourselves and feeling good and having fun. And that literally creates an opening for you to receive for the things that you want to come to you because you then become a vibrational match for those things to come to you rather than you having to go out to force and to grab and to like strangle your way <laughs> to get to them. Yes. Well, and I like how you said you have to be open to receive. That is the key. I, in my opinion, like when you are so closed off to the possibilities out there, that's when it feels like everything is this uphill battle. And when you hear the phrase, you know, things aren't really going my way, things aren't working out. I think when, when you're feeling like that, that's like an energetic block that's taking place. And I remember you mentioning when your, your career kind of shifted and you started your own business. And then when you went through that, that deep healing within yourself, even your business started to expand. That in itself speaks volumes of you continuing to take inspired action and not just doing what other people say you should be doing, right? Yeah. And 
early on in my business, I was doing what everyone else was telling me mm-hmm. to do. I was following, I was like, I need to take this course and do this strategy and follow this funnel and like all this crazy shit that I actually hated. <laughs> like I literally <laughs> hate funnels and yeah. like all these crazy marketing like schemes and stuff. And not that they're all schemes and it's not good or bad or right or wrong. It's just, I never took the, I literally never took the time to be like, Hmm, does this strategy align with me? Does this feel mm-hmm. good for me? Does it feel fun? for me. And like, now I run my business in an entirely different way. And I've created so much more success than following any strategy I was ever following. Now, the only strategy I follow is hmm, what feels good for me. Literally, that Isn't is that my amazing. business strategy. Wow. That's it. And like, I just let go of all the strategies and you have to, you have to have, um, you know, a funnel and this and that, and an email sequence and ads and all this stuff in order to, to have a successful business. Well, according to who? What if you didn't have to, what if, what if you didn't have to add up all the actions, right. To lead to the result. What if all you did was showed up and had a good time and shared your message and shared your truth and expressed yourself. What if everything could then come to you? It's like opens that it's like opening like the, I don't know, like the gate to receive. It's like when we're trying to force and control, it's like we put up this huge blockade of like, nope, I'm only pushing and pushing, pushing. You're like almost pushing everything away from you. Whereas if you like are able to like let go and surrender, then it opens the, yeah, like the gate for Mm -hmm. you to receive. Do you have any tips that you either you do yourself or you work with your clients on, on becoming more open to receiving and becoming like a a vibrational magnet to allow things to happen freely and easily? Yes. So I actually just uh, released an episode like on my podcast a week or two ago. My podcast is called Magnetically on like how to open to the energy of receiving because this is something I've really been tapping into this year it really honestly comes down to surrender mm-hmm. and letting go and stop trying to control and have it all like figured out um, and planned perfectly. So a couple like things that you can like focus on to really tap into that energy of receiving is remembering that your, your power is in the present. So at any moment we can choose what we're focusing our attention on and it's that energy of presence and truly like being with the here and the now where it dissolves all of the worry about the future and the past problems because they don't exist when you're truly in the moment and it's like when you're truly in the moment it's like that is the energy of receiving and becoming um more open so some ways to really tap into that energy of like presence and being in the here and now and really like choosing to be like I am already living my dream life and the best is yet to come like you could do things like meditating going on a walk just really taking a second to step back and be like okay let me just like disidentify with my mind for a second check in with my body like what am I feeling with in my body in this moment what would feel good for me um right now. So I think that practice of getting, um, presence, uh, mm-hmm. is really, really powerful. And something else that keeps coming up for me this year is like this idea of like creating a void. Like I've been having this, like, almost like, it's not like a voice in my head. Cause that sounds creepy, but it's like kind of, yeah, like an intuitive nudge, like all year where that keeps telling me, Madison, create a void, create a void, create a void. I'm like, what is a void? Like, what is, what is this? And so I feel like clearing out of, 
what's no longer serving me. So it's like, I completely pivoted my business earlier this year. I let go of, you know, coaching clients in one direction of my business and moved into a new direction. And I let go of needing to be productive 24 seven. And I now only work on my business like two or three hours a day. And it's just like really been this wild journey of like creating what I like to call a void. Essentially, Mm -hmm. it's just like creating space and it's really like, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of hard to explain because <laughs> I haven't even made full sense of what the void is in my head. But basically it's this like place where you go inside of you where issues no longer exist. Like you separate mm-hmm. yourself from all these like fake identities that you've created and that's the void. And the void creates like a vacuum for good to come to you, for you to receive. So that's really... Um, the energy of receiving. And then I think also, you know, a lot in line with what I was saying earlier, it's like all of these like outer directed actions for the sake of like attracting something and getting something, it just like compounds our feeling of feelings of lack because we're like, gotta get that, gotta get that, gotta get there. And it's like, when we just take action simply for the joy and the fun of it, because it feels good, that's when we can really get into the flow and where our desires can come easily. Like that's like the energy of receiving. So those are just like a couple tips to really step into that energy. I think meditation, hypnosis, tapping tools like that. I I use those tools with my clients and with myself, they've like changed my life can really, really help you get into that energy of surrender and that need to be Mm -hmm. somewhere else than you are right now where you are right now is perfect. You are exactly where you're meant to be. Oh, I wish more people would accept that and not- Trust me, I still struggle with it too. Like it's tough. (gasps) Oh yeah. And I do too. And I'm saying that like speaking from personal experience of trying to plan (laughs) every little thing out to a T, but the more you can accept it, the more peace comes into your life because you realize how simple everything is. And by nature, I think we just love to overcomplicate things. We Mm -hmm. find just this fascination with overcomplicating everything. I mean, look at the diet culture and the diet industry out there or fitness. We have no idea what to do anymore because everything is so complicated. Mm -hmm. I like how you talked about creating this void because in our society today, We love to glamorize and praise the people who talk about working 70 plus hours a week or, you know, working overtime. They're working through the weekends. They're not taking any breaks off. I'm like, what the heck? That sounds like, oh, I'm so busy. Like, oh my gosh. So busy. (laughs) What does busy actually mean? Amen. Like, (laughs) Like, what is this? Yes. And are you do you love the busy? Are you avoiding something else? That's what I truly mm-hmm. think when people are so yep. busy that they have no time, no emotional <laughs> space, no energy to actually address what is going on. Um, I've even noticed I was sick a few weeks ago and I had to take a complete week off of work. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first day I was sick, I was like, wow, you know, I haven't taken a solid week off since probably, you know, the last big holiday. And for a split second, I actually felt guilty that I would not be working for however long I was sick. I ended up being sick for like seven days. So in that moment, I said, you know what? No, there's a reason why I got sick when I did. And Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to use this time to rest. Obviously my body is worn out. 
I'm going to reflect on some things. And I had some major breakthroughs with my own business. I kid you not over the course of this week being sick. And I feel like if more of us embraced the quiet and just tuned out some of the noise that's going on, don't worry about what other people are doing. You'd really be able to discover going back to what we called your true purpose or your calling. You'd be able to discover what that is. And then in turn, just find this peace and joy within your life because we all deserve that. And it, it always saddens me when people have this notion that, you know, life is meant to be hard and you have to work hard and, you know, good things come to those people who work hard. I'm like, yes, I love, I love this concept of working hard for things, but working hard and being dedicated and passionate about what you do. I think those are two different things because you can work yourself into the ground. Okay. That can be a definition of working hard, but when you can surrender to what is meant to happen, what is meant to come into your life, I think that's what makes like a beautiful life. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Because there's always another goal to achieve. There's always some of somewhere else to get. It's like, we all have this idea in our head that like one day we're just going to arrive and we're finally going right. to be close there. And it's like, we never arrive. Like no. 90, 99% of our life is in the in-between. It's in the void. It's mm-hmm. in that void, that uncomfortable space of like, yeah, where am I and what am I doing and what's, and what's next? And I'm not at this goal yet. And it's like, lean into that discomfort, lean into that space. That's where the magic happens. That's where you grow. That's where you learn. That's where you become who you're meant to be. And if that's where most of life is spent anyways, it's like, you may as well enjoy it. And I resonate so much with you said, with what you said about like using busyness as like an avoidance mechanism. I totally used to do that. And I was actually like, I literally feel like I was like addicted to productivity. And when I would like rest, I would have, I would have almost like a panic attack Mm -hmm. if I would like lay down to do um, nothing. And I actually have a whole podcast episode on like what to do if you're addicted to productivity. So. Okay. We'll have to link those two episodes because now I'm curious. (laughs) Recommend that one. People like really, yeah, that one like really helps people because it's not something, you know, people are really um, talking about, but it's so funny that you were just sick. Cause I actually just got over COVID and mm. I was like bedridden for 10 days. Yeah, and, me too. um, I was resisting it at first. Like, Oh, like why? Like COVID feels like it's in the way of me doing what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to do something. I'm tired of like laying on my yes. bed like, all day. And I had just kept coming back to this message. I recorded on my podcast with, um, Natalia Benson, who's like a women's empowerment coach and astrologer. She's amazing. But anyway, she came on my podcast and she said something. She said, what's in the way is the way. And I just kept Hmm. feeling like that with COVID. It was like, this feels like it's in the way, but it is the way. This is the, I'm on the path I'm meant to be on. This is where I'm meant to be. This is probably just a message from my body that it's time to slow down and rest. Mm -hmm. And like you, I had like some major, major breakthroughs in my life and in my business. And I actually, um, I don't even know if down, I'm going to say the word downloaded because that's what it felt like. I downloaded a new program I'm creating in my business called energy rehab. And it's like 11 days of these just like feel good rituals. And basically it's an experiment to see what happens when you spend 11 days, like 10 to 20 minutes for 11 days in a row, just focusing on these like feel good rituals and feeling your best. And it's just like 
watch and watch the magic unfold when you do that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the whole premise behind it. And I literally downloaded the idea, all of the content, everything I needed to create that in a day because I gave myself permission to let it be okay to lay on my bed for 10 days and do nothing. It's like, that's the void. And that's that's where all these inspired ideas come is when we're, when we give ourselves permission to create that space and to go into that void. And like, it's still uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for me. Um, but I just keep surrendering and trusting that like the space is where the magic happens. And every time I'm able to create that space, it it's yeah, the magic comes. It's so crazy. It's like when we can just let go of like trying to wrap our brains all around, have it all figured out. It's like, it just works out. Like one time I, a few months ago, I was like telling one of my business friends, like, uh, like, where are the clients? And like, why aren't they coming? And like, just mm-hmm. getting all like wrapped up and freaked out about it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to meditate. Everything is going to be fine. I'm letting this go. I'm releasing. And I did um, this meditation of mine. It's actually day two in my free meditation um, challenge. If you guys want to go grab it on my website, it's really, okay. really good. So I did this day two meditation all about letting go. And it's like this 10 minute great meditation. And kid you not after I did this meditation I was just checking um my email like randomly and had a new client like make a payment for 1500 like completely unexpected new 1500 dollars wow in my business because I created that void and like a lot of times like we think action is required but like honestly it's not like things come Mm -hmm. to us when we're doing the inner work it's crazy it's hard to believe but that's just because again we've been raised in this society leading us to believe that it has to be hard and you have to hustle and you have to take all this action no what if it gets to be fun and easy mm-hmm. that's amazing I had the same experience when I just got over being sick recently I had three new clients sign up the the week after when I was recovering and again coming off of seven days of no work and just surrendering and relaxing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's so cool. And it's, I feel like it's no coincidence that we're having this conversation now, just after we both came out of experience. Like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I have goosebumps. (laughs) Well, I love wrapping everything up with just a fun, lighthearted question. Um, So first question, are you a coffee drinker? So <laughs> it's a longer story, but I'll, t- I'll tell it quick. So I used oh, yeah. to drink coffee. And then when I was like having really, really struggling with anxiety a few years ago, which actually I have like basically no anxiety now, which is absolutely amazing. And that's the power of like our minds and our energy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyways, um, so I used to drink coffee, gave it up for two years because my body wow. was just like so yeah, fatigued from all of the like constant like stress and anxiety. So gave it up for two years and I actually um, started reintroducing it a few months ago and my body seems to be like tolerating it. And I've also just completely changed my entire belief system. Like I used to like be scared of coffee. I was like, I can't drink coffee because it's going to make my heart race. And it's like, well, what if it didn't? Mm-hmm. And I've really kind of like rewired my thinking around that. And now it's kind of like rewired my experience around it. So I'm having fun, like playing around with coffee and experimenting with it. Um, but I'm definitely a matcha girl. I love oh, okay. matcha latte. So anyways, that's my long-winded answer. Okay. So then my next question is if you, do you have like a go-to drink that you make every day or when you're wanting something like warm and cozy, what's your go-to? 
Yes. So I make a matcha latte every morning. Um, I use Rishi matcha. I actually used to be a professional food photographer and recipe developer. Fun fact. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, usually um, use Rishi matcha with oat milk because I'm an oat milk snob. It's so good. That sounds really good. And some honey. So super simple, but so good. Like I'm kind of obsessed with it. Clearly you can tell I'm passionate about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love when people have like a go-to drink ritual. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I am. What's yours? Well, I, I used to be a, uh, like a regular old latte drinker back in the day. (laughs) And since becoming plant-based the past four years, I now drink almond milk lattes. Okay. But I've noticed that I really cannot handle a lot of espresso anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So within the past probably, I'd say like three years, I switched to drinking Four Sigmatic coffee, which if you're not familiar, it's made with medicinal mushrooms and I love it so much. I've had it. It's really good. I love earthy stuff. I think that's why I love matcha. It's like really, really earthy flavor. Yes. And it... I just, I like how it energizes me, but it doesn't give me that caffeine crash. So that's my, that is my go-to. I love a good warm cozy drink. Like it makes me so happy. Me too. Especially now coming into fall and winter, this is like my ideal time of year as far as like weather and food. I just love all the coziness. Yes. Yes. All the grounding foods like sweet potatoes. Yes. Exactly. Well, this was awesome. I had so much fun talking with you. Thank you. Me too. I like, yeah, I just love the direction it took and it was so fun. And yeah, it just like, yeah, I feel like it really like got me thinking about this void again and excited to like, yeah, create more space in my life and like, yeah, see what unfolds. Thank you so much for listening to the Health is Wealth podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. If you love the show, share it with a friend you think would love it as well. Also, please leave us a review if you feel called to do so by going to iTunes and sharing your honest thoughts and what you would like to hear more of on the podcast. Until next time, remember, your health is your greatest wealth.